Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. And it is hard to believe May 1st is upon us. Seems like just a few weeks ago, there was lots of snow up in the North Country, but everybody's fishing now, and welcome back to another episode of Bass Edge Radio. It's that time of year, Kirk. Of course, as always, excited to be here, and I can't wait to see what you have lined out for us today. You bet, Aaron. So the big news right now is you moved from Wildwood to Wildwood, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New house is done. Uh, still somewhat living out of boxes. Hasn't cut into my fish time too much but the move is absolutely done and uh yeah we're dealing with that as it goes by so you show me some pictures on the cell phone dude you built a brand new house designed the garage and it's a squeaker isn't it <laughs> yeah and of course i like how you keep that just between you and i kurt i, sh- I show you <laughs> i show you one on myself and the and the contractor and diana's everybody's laughing at me because i'm so anal right i was so anal about this garage and that's where everything started but uh as you know fortunate to have the nitro z21 boat however i didn't allow for the fact that i was going to put a 12 inch hydraulic jack plate on the thing boats a little bit longer so yeah it's, it's a little squeaker and then of course having to raise it up to get it in there Thank goodness I have this skeg guard on by MegaWare Keel Guard on my boat because it is literally, Kurt, a half inch off of the concrete floor. And of course, would be remiss not to mention our great partners dating all the way back to 2005, and that is MegaWare Keel Guard. Put on the protection of Pro's Pick by Keel Guard and visit them at KeelGuard.com. Aaron, that's a fact. You know, talking about Keel Guard, we've had some exceptional giveaways on our Facebook page. We gave away the Flex Step, and now we're just now giving away the skeg guard. Dude, that thing is going through the roof and we've got a lot of other cool stuff that we're going to keep giving away on our Facebook page, right? Absolutely. That's the big encouragement for all Bass Edge listeners. Be sure to stay abreast of everything Bass Edge on our social media, certainly through uh, Facebook and Twitter. And then also don't forget the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards concerning the listener questions. I mean, what a great way to uh, send in a question, get it answered by one of the top pros and get a reward for doing that. So things are happening and there's a lot of free stuff out there if you know where to look and certainly most of that stuff you do a great job of keeping that posted on facebook and twitter you bet well getting that twenty dollars of o'reilly auto parts gift card certainly helps everybody get that extra step in keeping those boats and cars and everything else up in tip-top shape and maintenance i'll tell you what aaron we're going to move into the next section but we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back with more bass edge radio TechTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Kelly Jordan. Hi, everybody. Coming into post-spawn time of year. This is early May. A lot of the big fish are moving offshore. It's my favorite time of year to target big fish, especially on my home lake in Lake Fork. And the best way to target these fish is get out that big, long cranking rod and great big deep diving crankbaits. And, uh, you know, I've caught more big ones faster this time of year than just about any other time of year. Deep cranking. Uh, a couple tips on deep cranking. Make sure you use a really long rod. I have a duck and fishing white eye series, 7 foot 11 inch rod that's for crank. Helps you cast longer. The long casts are very important for getting your bait, you know, to go really deep, which is where those big ones are. And it has the nice bend to it, the parabolic flex, if that makes sense, to help you catch these bigger fish on these big crankbaits, especially with using lighter line. Talking about line, 10 or 12 pound fluorocarbon line is what I use. Anything heavier than that, your bites drop off 
dramatically. Uh, I have a couple ideas why, but uh, I will just tell you this. Ten, if you can get away with it. Twelve, about the heaviest. Even on Lake Four, catching big fish. Just make sure you're in kind of open water. But uh, that's my tip. Cast long, fish deep, 10 or 12 pound line, long rod, big crankbait, big hooks, and uh, hope you catch some big ones. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Clun, and Ott Defoe, Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Aaron, there was a bunch of fishing going on lately, man. You had elite events, FLW events all at the same time. Dude, what went down to Toledo was pretty cool. It was, actually. And, and you know, the unique thing, obviously, John Murray, fellow Lucas Marine Pro, uh, won that long-term veteran, been around the sport for a long time. But I did get to see a little snippet that Skeet Reese had posted, that he was glued to Bass Live, right? Watching it during the day and uh, rooting for his roommate, good friend, to finally, you know, get that victory that he is so well deserving of and then to see how many people hung around for that trophy presentation was really neat Kurt it was it was awesome man you know and, and while all that was going down I was over at Lake Cumberland watching Scott Martin jack him over there at the FLW tour event you know I had a really rough first day had just under seven pounds I was sitting in like 130 some place 124th uh, buddy because I, I want to be sure and point this out one I, I, I was 130 <laughs> well maybe I saw it earlier in the day but I'm telling you you made a tremendous comeback. You battled, dude, and you got back inside of that check line. How'd you do it? Yeah, dude, I liked your text so much. I used that terminology in my social media that I battled back because your text was very cool, and I appreciate the shout out. But dude, you know, I was throwing an I'm a flip 120 jerk bait, and the first day I fished mid-lake area, and I had two areas of the lake I thought were going to produce, you know. Uh, historically, the down lake area produces, and I caught some nice fish in the mid-lake area, and I was trying to catch those big smallmouth. I love catching smallmouth, but, you know, they had to be 18 inches there. And the first day I probably caught eight smallmouth and a couple of spots, but I didn't catch any largemouth the first competition day. And uh, anyway, that 18 inch size limit got me. That's basically what happened. I caught some nice fish, probably could have weighed, you know, 14 or 15 pounds, you know, essentially if I could have kept those, you know, 16 and a half to 17 and a half inch smallmouth. But uh, well, and, and like, that has to mess with you a little bit because you're jacking these big, nice, healthy fish. 15 inches, right, is, is kind of the normal term 
tournament limit for most places, but you, you get to an 18-inch smallmouth, dude, that thing's got to have some shoulders. It's a hammer. If you don't set the hook and think, oh my God, it's a biggin', then it's not going to keep. You know, that's that's the bottom line. And it caught up to me, and, and you're right. There is a portion of my heart that tells me that having an event with that type of limit on, on a lake like that, when smallmouth is the predominant species, now you've got that at Kentucky Lake or Chickamauga and, and some of the other places that have an 18-inch smallmouth limit, but largemouth is the predominant species there. No one's really targeting smallmouth. Here at Cumberland, it's a smallmouth factory, quite frankly. I mean, the, the smallmouth are very prevalent. And when you have an 18-inch size limit, you can target bigger fish and all that kind of stuff. But it does kind of devaluate the event in some circumstance because you can have a guy that catches a bunch of 16 and a half to 17 and a half inch smallmouth that would weigh 13 and a half to 14 pounds. And you got to chunk back two and three quarter, a three pounder. And and yes, Aaron, it plays with your head. You got to just kind of be a little mentally strong with it and just believe that you're doing the right thing. And really it's a confidence thing, right? It's it's how you think you can catch the best possible weight. And, and so that's exactly what happened. First day, didn't work out, weighed in a little less than seven pounds, changed areas on day two. Another area I'd looked at in practice that I thought was going to be a really good area or have potential to be, but it was a farther run way down lake. And I went down there and I cracked them. To see that, very exciting, but also just from the standpoint of independent of, of where you wound up, which was actually really good. But to go from that position to make those changes, to make those adjustments and hit the reset button for that second day was phenomenal. You know, I was talking with Dr. Jay McNamara uh, after that second day, and he and I were catching up on some other things. And I couldn't help think back to the many, many conversations that we've had on Bass Edge. And of course, in his book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing goes into exactly those types of things of controlling and focusing on what you can control and I think you did exactly that so hats off to you my friend great job well I appreciate it you know it's easy to say afterwards that hey I was in 130 some place or 120 some place wherever I was you know I had to do something different but it's like you know getting five bites on a white spinnerbait and then not catching one for an hour <laughs> yeah. and deciding to put it down you know it's not easy to do a lot of guys will continue to throw it for the next two hours and they may not get bit and they may get but it's just you know it's about those little decisions that make all the difference in the world. And that one worked out for me in this event. And really, it keeps my hopes alive. We've got three events left. Um, I want to make that championship. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. You know, we're taping this. We're, we're getting ready to get going on Beaver Lake, you know. So we're a little bit ahead of May 1 right here because we got Beaver Lake is going on this week coming up. And, and we also, the Elite Series on Ross Barnett. So a lot of guys are busy and a lot of fun fishing going on. So while everyone's listening to this podcast, be sure you're following those events as well. And, um, you know, checking out exactly what's going on in, in the fishing world. But, hey, it's time to move on, buddy. We've had a great discussion here. we got a tackle tip coming up. We're going to listen to a guy that's got some sweet information on some big bass. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Hey, Edge listeners, this is Scott Suggs. I'm Dave Wolak. This is Chad Morgan-Taylor. Hi, I'm Chris Ball. This is Dion Hibden, and you're listening to The Edge. 
We are dialing it up with the champ here today in our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. This young gun has been on fire seemingly ever since he started fishing regional and national events. We welcome to the show 2017 Bassmaster Classic Champion, Jordan Lee. Thanks for being here on Bass Edge, Jordan. Hey guys, I appreciate y'all having me. Well, uh, we're glad as always to have not only a rookie to Bass Edge, but it doesn't seem fitting, Jordan, because you just won the 2017 Bassmasters Classic. How has life been different since that win? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been really hectic. You know, I just had an elite tournament at Toledo Bend, and um, yeah, I really had to focus on that tournament, but my phone's been, it's been ringing pretty constant, and uh, you know, that's probably been the biggest change is my phone and, and trying to keep up. So have you been able to get an assistant to help you out with those things, or, or is it just still a one-man band for you? Oh, no. Uh, Kristen, my girlfriend, she was with me after the Classic for a week or so, and she, she got to help me out, you know, making sure I got in touch with everybody I needed to and, and things like that. But we were at Sam Rayburn and, and in Toledo Bend, both those lakes, and I think um, you may know how much cell service you have out there, and it's not that great. So that was probably the biggest challenge the last few weeks is just, you know, making sure you get to call everybody back. But, you know, it's just been an awesome experience. It's just really been a dream come true. Well, it's certainly been amazing. Everybody knows the story about how it all went down. It's been all over the media. What we'd like to do here is get a little backstage glimpse of what happens when you win the Classic after the press conference. Can you explain those next couple days? Like, what went on? What's the media blitz like? You know, who had some meaningful conversations with you to help you along the way and, you know, kind of get ready for being really the sports ambassador over the next 12 months? Right, you know, so after you win, you don't really have a whole lot of time to do anything. And I'll say this is kind of funny. I didn't eat anything really all day. You know, I was just in the zone and got caught up and, you know, you get to the stage and before you weigh in, you don't get to eat anything. And so it was like 11 o'clock that night before I got a bite to eat. But, you know, after you weigh in, you win and you're going backstage, you're walking the trophy around, you know, celebrating and talking to media people and and doing um, TV for the local news channels and things like that. And then um, they have a champion's dinner that night. A lot of people were there, you know. And that was probably the coolest moment after the Classic is just having all your guys that you look up to, the Elite Series anglers, and those guys coming up to you and congratulating you and just saying, if you need anything, we're here. And, I mean, that was probably one of the cooler parts of it. It certainly uh, gives the appearance that it's a big fraternity, right? Fishing is a small sport, so it's nice to see that camaraderie, even at the highest levels. At the end of the day, everybody's still competing against one another, but yet to have that camaraderie certainly speaks volumes about the sport and about the people in it. But, you know, Jordan, most anglers dream of having the type of success that really, quite honestly, you've really become accustomed to on the national tour. What is it that you feel has kind of put you in a position for the success that you've experienced so early in your career? You know, uh, I started fishing, you know, I was in high school and it's just something I've always just had a knack for. You know, I did a lot better than I probably should have. Like when I was younger and I was 16, 17, you know, I started winning some tournaments. It was just something that I learned and I picked up on really quick. But it's something I've always put a lot of time and a lot of effort into just because it's something I love. And, you know, I was in college and I was just trying to set myself up for, you know, when I got out. You know, I really wanted to make a push for it. And, you know, you don't know how you're going to do, obviously. But I put everything I had into it. That's that's one thing I haven't, you know, done anything halfway. You know, and a lot of people do that, but 
I love the sport and I've always wanted to give it everything I have and fish as many days as I can. And that, that's just one thing I probably feel like I've done last, you know, five, six years is just, uh, I put a lot of time in on the water. So, you know, to break that down a, a little bit further, cause I hear exactly what you're saying. Time on the water seems to be the mantra, right? Of, of most anglers that, that we have here on the show. But when you compare it to other sports, right? Let's say it's maybe it's perhaps it's basketball or maybe it's baseball. A pitcher can throw crazy fast and can have such movement on a ball that hitters can't hit it. But in fishing, right, you're dealing with so many different variables from the standpoint of being able to read the water to the conditions to, you know, the bait choice and the times of the year. And then you're traveling all over. What would you say if, if you could... You know, is it your decision making? Is it a little bit of you're just good in all areas? You know, can you kind of narrow that down a little bit more? Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like reading the water is a big deal. When you get to a lake that's big and you only have a couple days to fish, you're really going back on past experiences and, and you're looking at the water color. You're looking at the water tint. You know, you're fishing and trying to figure out kind of what stage the fish are in. And now all those things is just something I feel like it comes off experience. You know, if I was going out there and fishing my eighth tournament ever, you know, I, I wouldn't have any uh, past memories or anything to go off of. But, you know, and, and the memories may be just from like a small lake. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the same lake. So, I think that's probably one of the bigger things for me. I, I go back a lot of times on past memories, even if I don't think I am on the watercolor and, and what the fish are biting. You know, like in the classic, I caught them on the half ounce round rubber jig. And, you know, that's a bait that I, I haven't probably weighed in many fish on at all in the late series. I mean, I don't think I've ever weighed a fish on it, but, you know, I went off past experiences like at Gunnersville and, and some of the Tennessee River Lakes. And it's something, it's a bait that I've had success on. So, you know, I've had that past experience just from just out going fun fishing and i knew exactly what size and the profile and that i feel like that was just an example of how you know i've had some success that's pretty good stuff jordan we, we see you using so many types of techniques to catch fish and be successful whether it's you know drop shotting at cayuga you know last year on tour and uh, you know, obviously throwing a football jig at the classic and i think uh what was it wisconsin last year you had a great event frogging and flipping how have you become so proficient uh, obviously you talked about being time on the water but there's so many techniques and and to be so versatile yeah. how do you choose you know you talk about reading the water is it just like okay i see this and then and pick this up or how is it that you break that down for yourself you know a lot of times i don't feel like when i go in a tournament that i've really uh figured it out or anything like that you know you know we get two and a half days of practice so I just try to cover as much water as I can a lot of times, and I, I want to see everything, you know. That's what happens a lot of times with me is I'll, I'll really spread myself out in practice and, and try to look at everything, and usually where I get a few bites is where I'm going fishing, you know, and, and I know that sounds kind of cliche, but that's what I do a lot of times is, you know, try to look at it all, and, you know, the more water I feel like that I cover during practice, the better chance I have to run across a big bite or two and a lot of times those big biter tell you what you need to do and that's something I've done the last few years you know like some of my better tournaments has, has been where you know I've got a couple of decent fish and you really don't know what you have going in a tournament and somewhere throughout the day you know it clicks and that's how some of my better tournaments have gone well it sounds kind of reminiscent to you know I hear your brother Matt talk sometimes whether it's on social media or whatever and he talks about man George is the luckiest guy ever you know he just rolls oh, over yeah. there and catches a six pounder this that and the other but, you know my feeling is that there's really not a whole 
whole lot of luck. You know, you create opportunities and uh, you're able to create these opportunities. And maybe that's part of what we just discussed. You're seeing small windows that then you go kind of dissect. And, and those are the opportunities. And really to everybody else, it sounds like luck because you just rolled up to a dock and caught a six pounder or a five pounder that you had never fished before, whatever. But really what's yeah. happening is you, you're seeing a scenario, it sounds like, that's putting some kind of past experience that you've had into play or something that you see makes sense as far as behavioral patterns of the fish. And then you, you're able to capitalize on it. But all that being said, when you were interviewed by Bass Fan right before the Classic, they had a little snippet. They said, hey, yeah. you know, why are you going to become the next Classic champion? And, and you said, it's because I'm lucky. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good answer, and there's definitely times something happens in the water, and you just you don't know why it happened or how it happened. Um, but you know, sometimes I feel like you know a little bit of it is you know if you if you run across a place or you just catch a big one going down the bank or what it may be. But it's been crazy the last two years, and you know you go to all these different lakes and. You just don't know a lot of times what's good water and what's bad water. You know, not having a ton of experience on these lakes, you really get to fish it all. And, you know, I I haven't got a lot of information either, you know, going to lakes. You know, there are some times that I have a buddy or whatever, and you know, I'll definitely call them. But for the most part, I don't, when the schedule comes out, I'm not usually calling around because I know that I'm going to have to find something better than what they're going to have to show me. You know, I feel like that's opened up some doors, too, is where I'm not told one thing. You know, I can go out there with a fresh mind and really fish it all. And I have a lot of tough days when I'm out there practicing just because I'm not in good water a lot of times. But I feel like that's made some good tournaments for me. Well, there's no doubt, man. You've had a lot of great events. Um, I know they call Aaron Martin as the natural, but it sounds like there's a lot of natural ability that you're bringing out as well. Jordan, it's time for us to take a quick pause. Bass Edge Radio is going to be right back. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented by MegaWare Keelguard, returns with the 2017 Bassmaster Classic champion Jordan Lee in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements, visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Jordan, May is upon us. We've got some interesting fishing coming up. Um, much of the nation's bass moving into post-spawn phase. What are some of your favorite ways to locate post-spawn fish? A week or two after the immediate post-spawn can be a little tough, but several weeks after, that's when you can start getting your electronics to use and, and start idling around. You know, the fish, when they first come out, though, a lot of times they don't go super deep. So, I, I really like throwing a Series 5 or a 5XD, 6XD crankbait. That's really a go-getter after the fish come off bed. And a big worm's always a player, and a football jig is solid, too. So, you know, those three baits are probably my go-tos, but um, cranking, you know, you can cover a lot of the water with it, and that usually helps you find more fish. Well, Jordan, one of the, certainly one of my most, I guess, preferred ways to fish, if nothing else, just because of the visual aspect and 
and the explosiveness of it is uh, is kind of topwater. I know lots of oh, yeah. lots of anglers are going to be begin looking for a topwater bite once the fish really get into the feed after that post spawn recuperation. No what do you look for to target you know those topwater fish during that period of time and and what lures I guess would you recommend personally that you're going to have tied on? You know, depending on the lake um, and what species or whatever. You know, you're fishing, uh, and if the water happens to be up and there's a lot of shallow grass or, you know, shallow cover in the water, that's an awesome place to start. You know, a frog or a sexy dog from Strike King is something that I use a lot, you know, casting around points and things like that. But a uh, popper's always a good one after the spawn. And, you know, just any shallow cover you come across is always a good, um, from the, you know, the backs of the pockets to, to the points and just trying to cover water and see what, you know, what the fish are doing. But it is an awesome time. You know, I was just on Toledo Bend, and uh, there wasn't an awesome topwater about this year. But in the years past, that lake is just usually unbelievable for topwater. So uh, if the water's up on your lake, you know, go to the bank and just cover a lot of water. Jordan, it's often a tough decision for anglers to decide kind of during, especially during this time of year. Fish get kind of spread out, right? You got your shallow fish. Uh, you've got some fish right. that like to move out to deeper water. How is it that you're going to decide which depth zone to target? Are you kind of that, you know, I'm going to stick it in the dirt and stay shallow or you like to get out off the bank? And why? Why do you choose one way or the other? Yeah, I'll normally always go to the bank first and try to fish a lot and see how many fish are up and, you know, see if uh, you're seeing a good fish up shallow. You know, then if you're not really seeing them, that's when I start trying to find something to fish you know in seven eight nine foot because that's usually the depth zone when they're not on the bank you know to start looking at you know if you're not seeing it around there you could always go deeper and and start idling around but you know a lot of times i'll go to the bank first and just fish a lot and just see you know you may go to a lake and they may be all over the bank and you don't want to spend your time out there in seven or eight foot so normally I, i go up there and just try to get a clue what's what the lake's you know, going through the time. Well, Jordan, you've been provided a unique platform, obviously, being the classic champ. And I guess to kind of segue a little bit away from just the the fishing talk, are there any goals, you know, that you have that's outside of fishing, you know, given the the unique platform that you've been given and kind of the voice now that you have as the classic champ? You know, I haven't had a lot of time to really think on that, but as far as what I want to do after winning, you know, it's something that you just dream of and and having, you know, having that title and being, you know, having to be younger, I feel like I'll have a, a good voice, you know, to the younger crowd and, you know, the high school and college anglers coming up and, you know, try to explain to them how I did it and, you know, how they can do it and what it takes to get there. And, you know, as far as winning the Classic, you know, it opens up a lot of doors and I've just been really blessed. I mean, it's just an awesome opportunity, you know, for me this year and, you know, the coming years. And I'm really just going to try to take advantage of it. That's good stuff. I see uh, Matt may have benefited from a little bit of an adrenaline rough down there at Toledo. He made a top 12. I'm sure you guys were happy to see that, too. Uh, Oh, yeah, I, I really was. It was pretty cool, uh, you know, especially after all the hype that, you know, obviously I got after the classic, you know, you, you want to see your brother do good. And I want to say a lot of people do good, but it was cool to see him make the top 12 there. And it was definitely a fun time. That's awesome. All right, guys, we're going to go into our O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Listener question segment. Today's question comes from Andrew Lennertz. 
I think I said that right, Andrew. But here is the question, Jordan. As someone who is new to bass fishing, what would be the top one or two techniques to work on and have in my bag of knowledge? Yeah, you know, probably the one technique I would say that's a dominant technique on Kayler is just flipping, you know, shallow cover and getting good casting too is a good one. Um, And that's not really a technique, but, you know, flipping, pitching and skipping, you know, around shallow cover is is a technique that just, it works everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at in the country. That's always going to be a player and uh, there's always going to be guys doing it. What about as far as the actual equipment that you're going to use for that you prefer for somebody that, you know, is just getting into the sport, like they said, what is a good setup for them, you know, Jordan, to do the, the flipping and the pitching on shallow cover? Yeah, you know, I prefer, um, I, I use quantum rods and reels, but I like a, you know, a stiffer rod. You know, I use a 7.4 heavy action rod is, is what I like to use. So anything, you know, 7.6 to 7.3 is what I like to flip, you know, shallow stuff with. And, uh, you know, you need a, a reel to hold some big line, you know, uh, you want a high speed reel and, you know, you want some 20 to 25 pound line. And I, I use Seagar Invisex or Brazex. Those are my two favorites. But yeah, that's that's really the main setup that I have that works for me. That's good stuff. What about that? You were going to mention a second technique you thought that Andrew needed to dial in. Yeah, you know, probably throwing a, a drop shot. That's a, a technique that I know you like to use. And I mean, it, it works everywhere. And, and there's times that, um, you know, you're fishing it deep, you know, smallmouth. And there's a lot of times you're fishing it shallow for, for largemouth, you know, and in the spring and, you know, around docks, whatever. But it's definitely a good technique to learn and, you know, it catches a lot of fish. That is definitely going to help Andrew and all Bass Edge listeners, for that matter, out. And, you know, Jordan, I always like to point this out. It's not too often that guys get to claim that their question was answered by the Bassmasters Classic huh. champion. So uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out to provide that information. And, Andrew, thank you for sending in that question. You've got to make sure, though, one piece that we need from you, Andrew, is your mailing address where we can send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And you can do that by simply logging on to BassEdge.com and clicking on the claim your prize section and we will get out that gift card to you ASAP. As always, a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions through our Facebook page or our website BassEdge.com to have a shot at winning those O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards. You can also email us support at BassEdge.com Well, Jordan, uh, certainly appreciate your time. I know your schedule has been absolutely insane, but uh, to devote a few minutes for Bass Edge Nation, it's uh, truly been a pleasure to have you here on the show. Any closing thoughts as we let you get back to your day? Um, You know, I just appreciate y'all having me on. And Kurt, thank you. And I hope you have a a good season. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you down the road. You bet, man. Well, ditto to you. And again, congratulations on the uh, classic win, man. That's a it's huge. I mean, it's it's a career deal, dude. That is so awesome. So it's great to see an exceptional young man like yourself take the title and be able to uh, not only be an ambassador for the sport for the next 12 months or so, but heck, you know, for the rest of your life. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, we're going to send you away, though, with our last segment, which is four last questions for you. What body of water did you catch your first bass? Uh, lake George, a little small little lake right near my parents' house. Who is your favorite fishing partner? Uh, has to be Gerald Swindle. What is the last picture you took with your phone? I think my dog when I got home. <laughs> and who gets more looks from the ladies, you or Matt? Oh, it has to be me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was easy. That was the easiest one. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Jordan, thanks a bunch. Bass Edge Radio is going to be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Kurt, I always like the time of year when we get to wrap up with the Bassmaster Classic champion. Just to think about what he has done at his age, it's quite mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. One of the things I take away from the interview is, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about luck. I, you know, I don't believe in luck, but I wanted to pose that question to Jordan just because I wanted to get his input. And and really, he kind of answered it in the question before that in, in that interview. And that is, you know, reading the water, just using his experience, using YouTube videos that he's probably watched a thousand times and being on the water and articles that he's written and just being able to dissect an experience that he feels like fits a situation. Situation. Also really important to me is he likes to cover a lot of water. You look at some of the best in the game, Kevin Van Dam, Edwin Evers, you know, Scott Martin, you know, a lot of those guys like to cover a lot of water in practice. And it's not that they are dialing in or shaking off a hundred fish because they know exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. But really they're anticipating what the situation is in front of them and how they can benefit from what's offered, whether it's cover, structure, bass behavior, time of year. It seems like Jordan, he said he's had a lot of tough practice days, but he's had a lot of daggum good tournament days. Part of that's because he's leaning on that experience and able to dissect conditions in front of him and put him in a position to catch the bass that's needed to have excellent performance. No doubt you have to be able to make those adjustments and evolve as the day happens, right? Only thing that I would add is, listen, I want to throw this out to all the young people that are out there because, Kurt, you and I grew up fishing when it really wasn't cool, right? It wasn't in the mainstream colleges and high schools, but this should be a lesson of if you apply yourself and get out there and kind of pursue that passion, keep your grades up and do all that type of stuff. Going through the high school system, the college system, and the fishing that are in those areas can propel you to become the Bassmasters Classic Champion. Another great episode here on Bass Edge Radio. Kurt and I certainly thank all the listeners for tuning us in once again. Be sure to join us May 15th for another great episode. The guest, I think, is going to surprise you. So long, everybody. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We'll see you next time right here on Bass Edge Radio. The Edge 
is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.